As a believer, reading God's Word is a critical part of your daily spiritual journey. And because it's so important, we've created a unique new resource to help you immerse yourself in biblical truth and open your eyes to all God's Word has for you. It's a free PDF download called The Word One-to-One that takes you on a guided journey through John chapter one. With biblical text and short commentary, each page provides insights that will strengthen your faith in an easy to read guided format. There's truly no other resource like this. Download your free PDF copy today at premierinsight.org forward slash resources. That's premierinsight.org forward slash resources. Lewis Podcast with Alistair McGrath. Thank you for listening to the show that brings you the thought and theology of C.S. Lewis with me, Ruth Jackson. Discover more about Lewis by visiting premierunbelievable.com, where you can also find lots of great articles, resources, and podcasts. And you can also register there for the chance to win a free book. If you enjoy listening to the C.S. Lewis Podcast, please do consider rating and reviewing it. But now for today's show. In this series, C.S. Lewis expert Professor Alistair McGrath is delving into the Space Trilogy, arguably one of Lewis's lesser-known works of fiction. We'll be exploring the three books in the trilogy, Out of the Silent Planet, Perilandra and That Hideous Strength. You've already touched on this a little bit, Alistair, but That Hideous Strength focuses on various social and cultural and political issues. I mean, what's what are some of the specific issues that Lewis addresses here and how does he engage with them and want us as readers to engage with them? Well, I think there are quite a lot of themes and might be good just to try and identify them. I think one of the issues that's very much there in that hideous strength, but again, is clearly signposted in the earlier novels is, look, we have this human race and um, we're here on Earth and um, what's going to happen to us? Now, the back backstory to this is quite complex. Um, Lewis, as I mentioned earlier, was very much engaging with the legacy of H.G. Wells. And one of H.G. Wells' science fiction novels of the 1890s was The Island of Dr. Moreau. And this is all about the idea that maybe we can redirect the evolutionary process, take charge of it, and in effect, through experimentation, produce a new humanity which can cope with the challenges that we're going to face. In other words, because we understand how the evolutionary process works, we can redirect it. We can actually make it do some things for us. And one of the questions that Lewis is reflecting on here is the future of humanity. Um, Do we simply have to take what is our lot determined by our biological nature? Or can we change ourselves, reinvent ourselves biologically, and hence create new futures for ourselves? And I think that in many ways, that is one of the dominant themes in this novel. And various characters in this um, are representative of viewpoints about um, how humanity needs to reinvent itself and indeed to refashion the earth if human beings are going to survive and flourish. So there's a very definite anxiety there about, um, if I'm going like that, the future of humanity. That's the big theme. There are also many subsidiary themes. One of them, of course, is um, 
find Pulled Like is a, a, a very simple question, which is, um, what is the what is the point of scientific experimentation? Is it simply to better understand our world, or is it to take control of the natural world and redirect it towards our own ends? That actually is a theme we find in Shakespeare. For example, it's there in um, several plays. Um, and uh, Lewis is clearly seeing himself as taking a Renaissance tradition and reworking it. If we look at The Tempest, you know, one of the things that's going on there is Prospero does seem to be, in effect, um, not simply helping people understand the natural world, but do things with it. So there's a sort of uh, tradition there that Lewis is picking up on. Well, you mentioned there the sort of the future of humanity being a really key theme. And one of the things that I think that hideous strength portrays is a perilous urgency about the future of humanity. I mean, there's a quote where um, the narrator says that, well, no, sorry, one of the characters says humanity is at a crossroads um, and then goes on to say, if science is really given a free hand, it can now take over the human race and recondition it, make man a really efficient animal if it if it doesn't, well, we're done. I mean, would that have been a commonly held view in Lewis's time, this idea that actually humanity was at a crossroads, it was going to end, there were kind of two options? And where would Lewis have stood on that, do you think? Well, I think Lewis clearly is saying that um, in trying to redirect nature and take control of it, actually we lose what is essentially human about us. It's a very complex argument uh, best expressed I think through telling a story rather than developing the argument but that actually is part of the argument um, in um, Lewis's book uh, The Abolition of Man that in extending our reach we very often end up abolishing who we really are and uh, um, Lord Feverston is one of the characters in this novel and in fact, we, we begin to realize very quickly he has a backstory that actually this might be a reincarnation of somebody who Lewis has already met, who is now in a very significant position where he can take control of um, experimental processes. But there's one passage in um, the novel which I, I kind of highlighted as very, very relevant here, where in effect, um, you know, he says, look, you know, we've got to do this. We've got to take control of man. We've got to, um, in effect, um, change the natural world. Otherwise, we're not going to survive. But one of the issues that emerges from this, of course, is not simply the need to transform things, but to have, if you like, certain privileged people who are in charge of this process. And uh, Houston said these words, man has got to take charge of man. That means, remember, that some men have got to take charge of the rest. And of course, Lord Feverston presents himself as being part of this scientific elite who is going to take, pro take charge of the process of changing people and changing the world. And he sees it as just something that's obviously right to do. But Lewis is saying through the narrative, this this is going to lead to everything falling to bits. The C.S. Lewis Podcast with Alistair McGrath. We need to take a short break, but before we get back to the discussion, I want to invite you to take a look at a new unbelievable course. It's called Did It Really Happen? The Birth of Jesus. Perhaps you've been asked questions about the historicity of Jesus, or maybe you have questions of your own. We've made an in-depth course with experts and theologians diving into the historical accuracy and arguments for and against the Jesus birth narratives. 
You will be guided through all areas of the discussion with N.T. Wright, Amy Ewing, Daryl Bock and others. Check it out by visiting premierunbelievable.com slash courses. Before we rejoin the rest of today's podcast, I have a very special offer for you to help you have an even more meaningful spiritual experience this Easter. As you know, N.T. Wright is without doubt one of the greatest Christian thinkers and apologists of our time, and some of Tom Wright's answers to questions about Jesus' death, resurrection and return are some of the most poignant and thought-provoking. That's why we've created a brand new downloadable devotional resource that's perfect for the Easter season featuring these questions and Tom's answers. This five-day devotional journey titled Jesus' Death, Resurrection and Return is only available to friends like you as our thanks for your gift today. And remember, your support is truly critical to help keep resources and podcasts like Ask Inti Write Anything and Unbelievable going strong because this ministry is completely funded by friends like you. So please give the very best gift you can today and make sure to download your copy of Jesus' Death, Resurrection and Return devotional at premierinsight.org forward slash C.S. Lewis. That's premierinsight.org forward slash C.S. Lewis. Thank you. Featherstone, as you mentioned there, lays out sort of three problems, interplanetary, animal and man. I mean, is there any truth to this in, in terms of what people at the time would have thought were the pressing issues for humanity? Or is that just fictitious and, and, and Lewis is putting those three problems into the mouth of these characters? I think what's going on here is that um, all of these issues were being discussed in various ways by different people. I think what Lewis is really trying to do is bring them all together as part of a coherent um, concern. In effect, uh, Van Budlag is very often the three positions you've been talking about, interplanetary, animal, man, had been addressed by different writers. For example, interplanetary was a major theme of science fiction. You know, can we in effect learn from what's happening on other planets about what you do here? Animal, that is very much the island of Dr. Moreau, where in effect the idea is that we can completely transform the animal's population of our world to serve us better. And of course, the problem of man itself, the idea of being able to re-engineer human nature so we can survive better and also cope with more complex situations through extension of our mental powers. These are all themes of science fiction. And the point that Lewis is making is that this um, this uh, National Institute for Coordinated Experiments, in effect, is going to address all of these. And the point is, this will be a radical transformation. And the big concern Lewis is expressing, in my view, is this. If we make these radical transformations and they go wrong, can we undo them? Or are we precipitating a course of action which will lead to total destruction and we have no control over this? I mean, are some of the processes that Lewis is drawing on in this book being, were they being put forward as ideas in his day? For example, the remedial treatment of prisoners. Was that something that was being tested out at the time or or is it something that Lewis sort of concocted um, or, or is it based on something that was going on or being muted at the time when Lewis was writing? Well, the answer is, I think that, that certainly some of these things were going on. That, that if I put it like this, there were always those who said that the purpose of punishment is to remediate and deter 
rather than to simply punish. And I think that Lewis, Lewis seems to be hostile towards that view. I mean, his view is quite definitely this is a kind of uh, rather shallow, rather liberal way of looking at things, which actually is, isn't adequate to what's required. But certainly many of the proposals that you find expressed in um, that hideous strength are actually programs that were being initiated. Now, basically, if I can just come back to a very important point, we are looking at two major ways of changing human nature. One is through social programs. One of them, of course, is through scientific experimentation. And um, we need, I think, just to remember something about Mark. What was Mark's background? Well, the answer is Mark is a sociologist. And so, in effect, what Mark is really representing in that hideous strength is a kind of approach to things which says by changing our social context, we can change ourselves. But of course, alongside that, there are others present who are saying it is by changing our nature scientifically that we can remedy our deficiencies and face the future of better confidence. So if you like, what Lewis is managing to bring together is quite different intellectual disciplines, which at the time were promising to say, here is how we re remediate our problems and significantly change our futures. Thank you for listening to the C.S. Lewis podcast with me, Ruth Jackson. Discover more about Lewis by visiting premierunbelievable.com where you can also find lots of great articles, resources, and podcasts. And do register there for the chance to win a free book. That's premierunbelievable.com. If you enjoy listening to the C.S. Lewis podcast, please do consider rating and reviewing it. Thank you for listening and see you next time.